When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the MidFirst Bank unofficial 40 brought to you by MidFirst Bank. Go check it out, MidFirst.com slash U40. That's MidFirst.com slash U40. Sign up for the OU Rewards uh, exclusive OU Rewards credit card from MidFirst Bank. All right, we welcome in the entire crew. It is it is our favorite time of this year. I say that sarcastically. <laughs> it's the off season uh, where basically, I don't know, Eddie and I screw around a lot on Twitter. Uh, I I don't know how that's any different from the other. Yeah, that's probably not. I screw around more. Is that accurate? Like the Spencer Rattler? I enjoyed that. <laughs> I I enjoy fishing every once in a while. Well, it's just, it's too easy. It's become too easy. I need something else. It's like uh, Twitter was my gateway drug. I'm on to heroin. I need something else. Do we, yeah, what is, what's the next thing? I think TikTok. I think I'm getting ready to tackle the You're TikTok. You're not going to tackle TikTok. It's it's going to be the. You're fascinated by it's TikTok. It's social media. It's it's staying up to date. And if we're going to stay up to date, have to get on TikTok. Are you ready happening. to start the Sooner Scoop TikTok account? I think I'm going to worry about. Just yourself. understanding TikTok <laughs> before we go uh, with a full but you platform. you were very confused by it last time we I had still this discussion. Yeah, I still don't get it. But it, I mean, I get it. I just don't get what's funny. Are so you have to figure it out? Are you worried that you're losing touch with the kids? Oh, I know that I'm losing touch with the kids, but that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing. I don't need to. <laughs> right. I don't need to be knowing what the kids are up to these days. Yeah, that's kind of... I'm not a pedophile. I'm not dreaming about what they do on spring break with their girlfriends in Jamaica. <laughs> What's up, fellow young people? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't become that guy. Anyway, uh, you know, we're... I guess because the steam has been taken away from, you know, the regular signing day, we'd normally have that to talk about. Uh, I guess we could just kind of start there and just refresh everybody. Uh, there's the Theo Howard stuff that's out there. He is in the OU database. Uh, shout out to Stoops Brothers on the message boards for uh, being the first to figure all that uh, mess out. So we're still waiting on any kind of official word on whether he is a UCLA transfer that was uh, a very productive receiver. I guess I saw they're up to like 10 players now that have entered the portal at UCLA. Chip Kelly and his, uh, you know, fantastic personality just keeping people around left and I right. I almost sent you guys a... Uh article that I read out of the I think it was the LA Times yesterday talking about just how miserable UCLA football and basketball is right now mm-hmm. and they basically painted a picture that it hasn't been this bad in seven decades as far as both teams just being god-awful and I mean it makes sense yeah usually I mean yeah at least you can usually rely on one I mean 
The thing is, though, like even the last time UCLA was really good, was that Ben Hallen when he was there? Well, like, they, did anybody even really give a crap? All for uh, Lonzo Ball's only year at UCLA, mm-hmm. they went thirty and six, I think, or it was thirty and it was four. Steve Alford would six. have been the coach, yeah, or Alford, yeah, and Alford. It was, I think, it was the year before he got. I guess he got canned last year, right, during the middle of the season or beginning of the season. So he was there two year, two more years afterwards. But that was the last time that they were relevant. <laughs> Like Bob is like, Ooh. I don't know, Come on, Bob. You don't know UCLA Bruins. basketball. I'm a kid this year, man. Leave Bruins me alone. Basketball. I, I guess the the biggest story of the day or the week so far for Oklahoma fans has been that top Lincoln dog, Riley. Riley. Well, top, top dog, dog, obviously. For the real <laughs> riders out there, it's top dog. But Lincoln Riley's still their head coach. Yeah, and the NFL positions continue to get filled. Matt Rule now no longer at Baylor, and it's going to be interesting to see. I think the Baylor thing is interesting for a couple of different reasons. Like, did you see the by the way that they came out saying that they confirmed that Matt Rule made seven point two million dollars yes. last year? I mean, I think that we probably underestimate how much crazy Baptist money is down there in Waco. I mean, there's, so, there's I a mean, lot of it. I mean, it's not cheap it's to go one of to those that private school. schools. Yeah, but I mean. They are going to be willing to throw a lot of cash out there to to get a coach, which I'm surprised if they had seven million laying around that Matt Rule was, from Temple was the best they could do. Although at the time they probably couldn't get anybody. I mean, they probably had to overpay to get somebody. They're not going to have to overpay to get a decent coach. Now, what I really want to know is what kind of character plays into naming their next. Like, are they over the Art Briles stuff? Are they over the scandal? Are they willing? to go out and maybe hire a coach that doesn't have a squeaky clean rep- reputation like a non-Lon Kruger? I think me, me and Josh would put our vote for Joey McGuire, who we've known for a long, long time. Josh, you've known him a lot longer than I have, so if, if, if you want to speak about why he would be a, a nice choice for the Bears. Well, he just makes a lot of sense because Baylor is not going to recruit, at least at this point, on a national level. But Joey McGuire in the state of Texas is a big deal. All I mean, I, I tweeted something yesterday about anybody that knows him is excited about that news. I, I've never heard anyone come away from Joey McGuire that wasn't like, that's an awesome guy. Like, he really is just a infectious personality. He's always upbeat. He's very energetic. Um, just, you know, for OU fans that don't really have a – you know, kind of frame of reference. I wouldn't say he's Roy Manning level video energy, but it's kind of of that vein. Like he is just always positive, always going to keep everybody thinking about what they need to do going forward. He just kind of has that idea. I remember uh, an Under Armour camp years ago when there was a kid that showed up and he he somehow he'd forgotten his cleats or something. And Joey's immediately, like he hears me talking to the kid about it. Joey walks over and he goes, what size are you, man? And he was like, you know, 10 and a half. Joey just walks into the locker room at Cedar Hill there and grabs some shoes. Like, I don't even know what player's shoes they were. He was like, take these, man. And they were, I mean, they weren't like nasty, beat-up shoes. They were they were nice. I think Nike or, no, I guess they would have had to be Under Armour. But, I mean, they were nice. It was a nice setup, and he just kind of gave the kid the shoes to, so he had something to work with that day. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, is that I know he would recruit well. I know he would bring in, you know, he would keep the cupboard stocked, if you will. But you're talking about a team that just played in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, is that, and, you know, that's kind of discounting him as a coach. But I don't know. Do you have better avenues? I mean, if you can get a, let's say, you know, not not like a 
Lane Kiffin type hire, but if you could get somebody that's been a big name coordinator, let's say like a, well, I don't know if you'd say Steve Sarkeesian, because apparently he's flirting with some jobs out there right now, but um, somebody that, that is a known name, like if you could get them interested knowing that Baylor has some pretty good talent sitting around, like I think you'd be foolish not to look, look in that direction. Now, I'm not talking like Josh Heupel, like, I think that would be debatable, like whether you should hire McGuire or Josh Heupel, because I know Josh, you and Eddie, even we had this discussion, like you guys aren't sure that UCF's not going to fall apart here pretty soon. I And the, I, I guess that can be seen as a shot at Josh Heupel, but I just don't think that from what... He's not a dynamic he, guy. He, he, the recruiting thing, yeah. I think that's in a way what Joey McGuire would offer as opposed to there it's almost like two completely different people. I think Josh would be very and not to say that McGuire isn't organized, but everything would be regimented, everything, you know, they have a I guess everybody has a certain place in the program. Not to say that McGuire wouldn't, but it's just two completely different personalities. What I'm basically trying to say is I think Josh Heupel is it, it's not going to end well in in Central Florida for him. I think there's a better chance that he gets fired, then gets promoted to a better job. The other thing is he kind of has a link to Art Bryles a little bit, just through uh, Jeff Lebby, his son-in-law, that's worked for him, uh, along with Joe John Finley, who worked for Art Bryles. Um, it's weird it's, how it's kind of a, Kendall Bryles ended up getting like kind of almost put in place in this little group of coaching tree. It's a weird dynamic how, like, Josh Heupel has kind of gotten into the Bryles tree. Like, he's never really coached for him. He hasn't coached for him, but when he went to Missouri, he hired a bunch of his guys, and he ran that system, and he's run it at UCF, and he's always admired just the system, but he's never really been under Art Bryles or even coached with Kendall Bryles, I don't think, has he? Was Kendall at UCF for a year or two? Yeah. Okay. Well... Before he went to I Florida State? I thought he State. was. I thought he was there it for like a year. seemed like he was there before he went to Florida State. I thought he was there for a year. And the and the real... Isn't UCF where he bounced back at? No, he was at Florida no, Atlantic. No, no, no. That's, right. That's, right. That's, right. That's, That's right. That's right. That's right. With Kiffin. That's right. That's right. That's right. Either way, scumbag. Kendall Bryles. Yeah. I, I just... I don't know if you'd want to get involved because of that... Like... He's scumbag. He's, he's scumbag to, by association. You would think he would bring Jeff Levy no matter what. So, yeah, do you to. really want that? I mean, at Baylor, yeah. I don't think you can afford to have that. So, well, guys, and when you get sister. into that that hypo McGuire conversation, there's been a lot of players that have already come out in favor of Joey McGuire. Oh, sure. They know him. He's there. To see him leave and then watch a guy like Hypo come in, it again. I there's no way to not see it as a shot at Josh, but that's not really how I mean it. Like, they're just. Joey is a guy that you gravitate toward. He, he's got that big personality. I get why the kids love him. Josh may come in and do a fine job, but it's going to take longer for those players to be like, we, we had that guy that we loved. And Josh is just a little more formulaic than Joey is. Joey wants to be your friend. He wants to have that connection with you, where I think Josh just expects guys to come in and do their job. It's kind of interesting. Like, Has McGuire basically kind of strong-armed Baylor as far as he has all the player support now? you could be at risk of kind of pissing off the Texas high school football coaches if sure. you screw him over. I mean, because he's he is a product of them, basically. It, it's a very intriguing hire for what Baylor's going to do and just as far as the direction of their program because I do think it's going to be extremely tough. Um, I think it would have been extremely tough for Matt Rule 
to do what he did again this year as far as, you know, being on top on, on a team that people have to take seriously. Well, I think it comes down Winning to Winning 11 this. games. I think, I think Baylor has a pretty good administration because they've had to blow everybody out. They've yeah. got some people in there that are good at their jobs. They're going to be able to go around and say, okay, what did Joey McGuire bring to this as a coach? What did he bring to it as a recruiter? What are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? Like, they're going to be able to know this guy's capable of taking over our program or not. And they're going to know what other candidates are available. So I, it, it, it's almost one of those things like I'm afraid to go any further down this road because as soon as we start talking about who's going to get the job, who's not going to get the job, we're going to finish the podcast and it's going to be announced. And this Grobe is will coach. be back. <laughs> Jim Grobe. <laughs> Sean Oakman. Sean Oakman. I've never seen Sean Oakman around here. God, that was an awful year and a half or whatever that was. I, you know, to even think that Baylor could be in this position would have been just like, it, how high are you to, to think that they could even win 11 games and get to the Sugar Bowl? I kind of, that statement that Matt Rule put out yesterday about, I don't know if one of you guys sent it to me, but it was basically saying my work here was done in the three years. The text message that, that he sent to the players? Is that what the text message yeah, was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bringing the process to the next level. Yeah, that's my, I kind of thought that was weird. My work here is done. Like I, yeah, I'm sure everybody that signed with him was like, "Yeah, thanks, dickhead." <laughs> yeah, everybody that, and I'm the same way. I, I love Matt Rule. I think uh, I've been pretty open about that. But even now, I'm looking for reasons like, ah, I want to hate this guy now. I mean, you go from Temple to Baylor. It's not like you're you. Did you really expect that he was going to come fall in love with the Brazos and? You know, be a lifer. No, you, yes. you, you, you was yes. a hired gun. Oh, there's definitely Baylor fans that thought that there was no way that he was leaving, which in a way I kind of feel sorry for him because I know they're proud of their university or whatever. But I mean, the worst NFL job is probably better than Baylor. Is that crazy? Well, I mean, apparently not. Cleveland didn't get an interview. Well, that's because he had options. <laughs> I mean, Cleveland's yeah. the redheaded stepchild of jobs. That's what we found out. I guess. And now Dan Orlovsky wants them to go begging to Lincoln Riley. I just. Yeah, I saw. I saw him pandering for that. Oh, I, well, I think he just put it out like, there. Yeah. 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 I did. I, that was the wrong way to turn. Which it, wrong. I mean, I agree with him. If you're the Browns, you should make him say no. Yeah. I still. If anybody can get Baker rolling, who would? It, who's better than Lincoln? By the way, and I just want to say this too, like this happened after the Sugar Bowl, like the day after when Lincoln has his deal with the beat writers, like we were told like uh, Lincoln disappears as soon as the season is over. Like it's not like a big deal. Like I, you know, we have somebody on the board saying that they're in Cabo and that they, everybody's telling that Lincoln is there. Like you only get so many opportunities to really just take some time off as a head coach in this profession. So if you're comfortable, it's a dead period. It's a dead period. He doesn't really have to yeah, do anything. It starts next week. Again. But if you're comfortable with running another man's vacation with his family <laughs> and you want to go take a picture with him and post it on the board, I think we should give him something for that. <laughs> like I agree. A year, a year subscription. Okay, now you're getting a little. Six months. Okay, I'll go for that. <laughs> the six, six months when nothing's going on, not not football season. <laughs> February to uh, yeah, when camp be? starts, camp your, your free subscription <laughs> is over. February to August, you better like <laughs> recruiting camps because that's what he's getting. No, but I look, Lincoln Riley is he, he's his name continually comes up, and Mike McCarthy gets hired for Dallas. His name is no longer mentioned in Dallas, which that was the obviously 
you know, Lincoln Riley is the lazy man's candidate. Like anyone that wants to sit there and fill five minutes of airtime with any open job, the first person they talk about is Lincoln Riley because that's the easy guy to talk about. It even makes sense. I mean, if I was doing a radio show in Phoenix, Arizona or wherever, yeah, I think that, you know, proximity from Norman to Dallas, the fact that he grew up in the state of Texas, kind of put two and two together and you think, wow, that'd be a great marriage, but... And his quarterback just decommitted, so... Well, and yeah, and he <laughs> lost Brock Vandergriff and he told him that's why he was going to the NFL. I do think, though, that do we all agree that I think it just comes down to the fact, and we've said it before, I think Lincoln Riley loves the sport of college football. Everything that goes into the sport of oh, yeah. college football, I think just kind of... He's a college guy. Yeah, he gravitates towards it. And maybe someday he'll have his fill of being a college guy, but I don't think it's yet. I don't think it's he's reached that point yet. Yeah, I think nah, that's fair. And he, I, I still think he wants his best team that he's recruited and show what he can do. I think he truly believes they're that close. Like I said to turn the corner. Yeah, I said the, this uh this week like you realize what a gut punch this year has to be for Lincoln Riley to actually fight against all this shit about your defense and how it hasn't gotten any better. It's the same old same old when it actually has gotten better. When you've made tremendous strides with Alex Grinch and then you go and play in the playoff where everybody said your defense is so, you know, it sucks and all this stuff and, you know, ill-informed people like Jim Moore Jr. just look like they were smart now. Like, and now you have to sit there and say, our defense wasn't any good and, and it was embarrassingly bad. Like, how big of a gut punch is that to Lincoln Riley? How much motivation is there for him now to come back and actually build this thing to where it is a Clemson or an LSU or an Alabama? Like, I don't think he's ever been more motivated to keep building this program into being as dominant as it's ever been. No, he's motivated, but you got to get the horses, and you just don't have them yet, and not even with the 2020 class. It's still, I mean, they've got to figure out a way to get into those high four-star, five-star defensive linemen, not just, you know, Perry on Winfrey's a heck of a start because that's someone they don't get two, three years ago, but you need to get, two or three of him every single year. They're just not there yet. Basically, translation is is what Lincoln Riley wanted to say all year was, look at all the people we lost, and we f***ing won 12 games, won the Big 12 championship again, and the defense went almost triple the amount of teams. They jumped ahead of them in the defensive rankings. Like, what more do you want? And they still don't have a backup safety. They still... That's you know, what I'm saying. It's like you know, need the guys here and there. Like if I'm Lincoln Riley, I would be basically telling the fans to. F- I know he's, he's not, not going to do, do that, that but <laughs> he will not be doing that. No, he's not going to. But I think if you put, I don't think if, it's if, the fans. If he, if he, he could be honest with it, everybody, he'd say, "Look at all the people that we lost off these last couple teams, and I still got this team back." Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was like a miracle year for Oklahoma to get to the play. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs. I think in ways he said that multiple times too throughout the season, like still in it. Basically kind of, kind of pulled the Tom Brady still here. He even even said in that uh, post peach bowl is like, I don't want to call it like a a stop gap year rebuilding year, but that's what it was. It was a rebuild. And they still got there. He should have just said it. 
We took a <laughs> shitty quarterback, and we got back to the playoffs, and we have a better one waiting in the wings. I got this jabroni in here can't complete a 40-yard pass. I got f***ing OU Tony out here telling me what plays to run, <laughs> taking all the credit for what I've done. Get out of here, you fake-ass OU fan. Tony OU? The worst. The worst person on Twitter. She's still going, too. <laughs> The worst person on Twitter, Josh. You know how much she aggravates me. I, I think we all just figured it out. That was, she sucks. That came out of nowhere. I oh, did it really, straight, Josh. No, this is two straight weeks of going, <laughs> yeah, against, did it really. going after Tony. Like, mm. Deactivate your account and go cheer for Alabama basketball. She's got nothing better to do until fall camp starts for Alabama again. The worst person on Twitter. The worst. She'll be gone soon enough. Don't let it bother you. She'll fade I'm not away. Going to. Uh, no, but I mean, look, I think she sucks. You'll go through all this Cleveland stuff until this job is filled. Uh, Who are they going to get? I have no idea because like, I think Brian gonna, it's Dabble be, does nothing for me. It'll be like another. We'll be like Josh, Josh McDaniels, Jordan, or something. <laughs> Josh McDaniels, oh, McDaniels definitely is out there. Definitely the guy, I think. And it would right? seem that. Why why has nothing happened yet though? Their season's been over for almost a week now. He's interviewing Friday. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I missed that. I, I hadn't seen that. Well, that makes sense. If if you get Josh McDaniel, I guess he's the best option out there now. I mean, for them, it. I mean, I know he failed at Denver, but that's a great option for them. I can't Better believe than Freddie that I, Kitchens. I can't believe that I love what the Cowboys did. Like I didn't think Jerry had it in him. I, I mean to recycle a coach. I think Ma- I th- Mike McCarthy was great. The if Bears did- fan thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> by the way, he had, the Bears wish that they had the competence of <laughs> Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I mean, he. It is true. You put his resume up against Sean Payton, basically the same. Yeah, he's one. They a both Super had, Bowl. And, but they both also had really, really good quarterbacks. Mike McCarthy just lost out because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers got sick of him. Yeah. And the front office wasn't exactly doing him any help with the receivers. He just kept losing them and losing them. So, yeah, I, I mean, Josh McDaniels, I think, well, Friday we'll get some clarity of that. Like, the, the, the worst thing for OU would be is if, like, all these reports start coming out, like, things have fallen apart between Josh McDaniels and, and the Browns. And then they'll Looking get into desperation C. mode. Yeah. I still – I, I would – Kind of run back to what we just talked about, though. I don't think that Lincoln Riley has any interest in coaching in the NFL right now. Yeah, do you think he's just in Cabo, like, stop calling me, sons of bitches. I'm in Cabo. Randomly checking Twitter to make sure the OU brand is still out there, and then he goes back. Vacation. Probably a hard enough job for him not getting poisoned by tainted alcohol while he's there. That's in Jamaica, I think. Or Bahamas. Dominican? Dominican? I don't... I can't remember. I think that's where they attack women in Dominican. I don't know. You're painting the entire country like a bunch of <laughs> domestic abusers. A, I will not be there. It's a dark... I cannot do that. Dark subject matter. Let's move on. Uh, so, anyway, for Oklahoma... Look, I know, you know, a lot of people on the boards have gotten riled up about coaching changes. Like, uh, like I said, Lincoln is on a beach. He's not thinking about coaching changes. I... I would be surprised if anything happened. I think it's, I don't know, 
Josh, feel free to weigh in here if, if you've gotten a pulse on this at all. But I just think it kind of becomes one of those things where, yes, I agree with all the people who think that, oh, you could be doing better than Ruffin McNeil. I've thought that for years now. I mean, really, since he's come aboard and you hear all the stuff that you hear. Uh, does that mean there's going to be a change? I don't know. That's up to Lincoln. I mean, he he's the guy that has to make that choice uh, if he needs to do something else besides have a guy that is more the papa bear of the program than an actual coach. Yeah, uh, you know, and and people keep asking like when or when, when would this happen? Would it will it happen? Unless you're in Lincoln Riley's mind, I don't know how you can know yeah, because this can. is him. This is not a this is not a group think. This is not that there's Joe any Castiglione's pressure for this to happen. not going to tell him what exactly. to do with his coaching staff. None of that. Exactly. So it's really whatever Ruffin and Lincoln want to do. But, I mean, at some point when you look at the issues that Oklahoma fights, where they're recruiting against the Clemsons and Alabamas and these huge support staffs and everything else, Oklahoma is operating at with a hand what? tied behind their back yeah like nine and a quarter nine and a half men i mean he's just not out recruiting much there's not much to be done there you hear you know i i don't i won't claim that i'm there at practice to know what's going on in practice but i've got to feel like that's hard for him day in and day out to be out there oh it's doing i think all we can things. say it he's not so. he's not an active coach at practice every day he's just not yeah Okay, I didn't. I didn't want to totally come out there, but we'll, we can go together on that. Yeah, that that's that, that that's what I understand. So I mean, at some point, you can't say we're close or we want to be there and these things, and then allow something like this to happen. Would, would Nick Saban walk around with a guy that wasn't carrying his weight? No, Nick Saban fires guys who are really good. So it just so much so uh, that he has to hire an entire new staff year year after exactly. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If there is a gap where you can live between what Lincoln Riley's currently doing and being Nick Saban, I mean, you don't have to be an epic bastard. But I mean, it's like I said that at some point, and it's kind of like what we talked about with Broyles last week. I don't like saying it. Ruffin McNeil's an immensely nice and likable guy, but at some point, you're hurting your ability to be at your best yeah take it a step further just just for just for fun just for the podcast sake if the, if ruffin did step aside is it just as simple as what everybody thinks would happen and move Roy may, manning to outside linebacker then put chip viney as a corner yeah is that as simple as as it is and then all you have to do is basically find somebody to take over chip's current role and I kind of think that that's what Lincoln feels like he's doing right now probably with except like Josh said, you can't ignore that recruiting component. I mean, how much how much more would yeah, OU get no out of having Chip Viney out on the recruiting trail than Ruffin McNeil? Well, I mean, considering where it is right now, I would think I would say it's exponential. Wouldn't yeah. it? Would you? I mean, Josh, you could speak to that. Oh yeah, I mean, well, you talk about let Viney loose in California, where Oklahoma the last couple gone. of classes hasn't had the same impact. I mean, Jonathan Perkins is now gone. I mean, so, I mean, and I know we kind of knew that was happening, but he f finally kind of officially put it out there. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. So, I mean, there, Oklahoma has this reputation in California that I think they can kind of keep and nobody's going to really notice that it's fallen off in the last few years. But since Caleb Kelly, what has Oklahoma done in California that just wows you? I mean, who, who's that guy that's, well, that's the next great California player. Well, you and think I mean, I, I mean, they Go have ahead. the connections there, too, with uh, um, uh, Coach Tony. I mean, he passed, sure. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. sure. 
so that whole pipeline that you had, that Fresno pipeline, is gone. So there's nobody. You're right. There's nobody that's been able to rebuild that. But hell, I mean, Chip Viney could rebuild that for you. And he could do it, but could could he coach coach up the talent? That's what Roy Manning can really hang his hat on, based on what Parnell Motley did throughout this year. Is Viney in his position where he can get the best out of those players too? We know he'd be awesome recruiting. There's no doubt about it. But could he be the top level, elite type, the top tier? coach on the field too to develop the guys who are already on campus and, and it's a good question and it runs into the argument of how much is viney involved with what has happened like how much credit does he get for what's going on it's hard to know because he was obviously there when parnell motley was struggling mightily and roy manning's the one thing that's really changed so i, I don't know where you come out on that but it is it's interesting, and you know that Viney is in there day-to-day already. I would have to think, though. Is Linda going? No. My, hang on. Damn it. <laughs> Linda! Roomba! Get out of here. You're ruining the podcast, Linda. Como te llamas? <laughs> si. Ice. <laughs> no, I need extra cubes there, of ice for my drink. There, he finally shut Linda down. It must have been a Roomba, I bet. That's a puppy dog. I would have to think, though, that Roy Manning, as much, you know, quote unquote, negative recruiting that was out there kind of going against him before the season started. uh, All that's gone now. It has to be. I mean, look what Parno Motley did. Look at I think, uh, Bob, you retweeted it a couple days ago. Uh, Trey Brown, numbers wise, had a really good year. That didn't mm, take into account pass interference. Sure. (laughs) Sure. But yeah, numbers wise. He's Actually, I think good. Trey Brown taught me this year that sometimes it's okay to get some PIs called on you. I think it's better than giving like, up a 70-yard yeah, touchdown. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing so hard that every once in a while that happens, big deal. it's kind of like, you know, I Marquise Hayes is kind of really toe in line, but like every offensive lineman that Oklahoma's had, whether it's Cody Ford or Ben Powers, like really good offensive line, they've gotten personal fouls. It's almost like you have Orlando to get- Brown was he went over the line a little yeah. bit, but like. You have to have, I think, you have to have some good with the bad if you're really going to just stay in somebody's hip pocket all the time. Basically, from an offensive line standpoint, that's what Bill Beanabo has basically said before is, yeah, I, I can live with that. And I can live with a 15-yarder every once in a while. We need a little asshole in our, peop- in yeah. our players. Basically. And Roy, Roy Manning deserved to tweet what he tweeted on Monday night about told no lies and sold no dreams. Yeah. He did. That's a... Uh, that's a subtweet, kids, I believe. You believe that that was to Texas mainly? I think it was to, uh, what's his name? What's that douchebag down there? Oh, Carrington? Yeah, Brian, Brian, Bryce, Carrington. Brian Carrington. Good for him. And I've, it was retweeted by Lincoln. 12, I've won more Big 12 stuff than he has. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that Nate uh, ret- or he sent out the gif of you waving on the Jumbotron at Red uh, that's an all-timer, year. isn't it? <laughs> that's so good. It's the best one I think I have. In I'm so proud of you for that. <laughs> Thanks. No <laughs> clue why they panned to you. <laughs> well, they were showing the Texas band. Yeah, they were showing the, you were just standing right in front of them. I, I still can't believe that Nate caught that on, on video. That was a fantastic moment. Is Linda's beating over yet? Is Josh back with us? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, no, no, okay. I'm here. I'm here. She's been screamed at. We're, we're all good. No more water. Put her, put her, put her back in the cage. Water's not free, buddy. I know. 
You know what else isn't free? Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Goddamn right, Lob. So, I, okay, so... Do we want to get into Iran now or later? N- no, we're not Never. getting into it. Uh, we, we, just another another message board thread I'll have to delete. Um, that was actually going... Like, that's the thing. Like, we'll allow you to talk about, like, conflicts and things like that, but when you start throwing in the Trump stuff, that guy was an asshole yesterday in the thread. I, I, it's It's... For those of you that were mad that we deleted it, I'm sorry. It was one guy that ruined it for everybody. So there you go. And I, I look if I if I'd seen it earlier, Josh does this too. Like I would have just deleted it and said, "Hey," but it 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 was nine pages long by the time I got to it, and it was unsavable. Actually, it was unsavable after about the third page. So anyway, I, I've gotten to points in times of threads like that where I'm like, uh, I keep going in those places like selected post seventy. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking through anymore. There's too much garbage to find the real stuff. And I'm with, like, I would like it if those conversations were possible, but I feel like, what, 99.9% of the time, that's what it devolves into. Eventually. Eventually, it, it just does. becomes yeah, people time. spouting their political crap and using that to be the defense of their stance. So I just, I don't want it. By the way, I want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by MidFirst Bank. I uh, want to give you an opportunity to uh, uh, take advantage of their uh, exclusive. OU Rewards credit card. Go to midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. You can enjoy a low introductory rate for the first 12 months. Uh, Also, you can receive a a free Bluetooth speaker when you apply in person at participating banking centers. I know in Norman, they got one right there at uh, Flood in in, uh, Maine. Uh, Great big, uh, pretty new. Used to be a Dairy Queen there, which I uh, didn't like for a while, but now the Dairy Queen is back. Uh, also, you can redeem reward points for cashback, gift cards, merchandise, travel. There's no annual fee. Uh, and this one's important for a lot of you listening. You can redeem points for uh, OU student bursters accounts to uh, help pay for tuition. So got to get that card, especially got a kid uh, going to OU. That's midfirst.com slash U40, midfirst.com slash U40. Go apply now for the MidFirst Bank uh, OU Rewards credit card. Thanks, thanks to them for being the uh, title sponsor of the podcast as well. Well, guys, I know you know February eighth. I think is the first Rivals camp that will get going, and uh, that's going to be pretty hot and heavy coming up here uh, in another month. Uh, you got signing day that'll happen right before that as well. Uh, and we, last week we talked about Josh's travels to Orlando and San Antonio, uh, but you know just looking at the way things are playing out. I know, Bob, you and Josh were talking a little before the show. Uh, some possibilities there, maybe, of them looking at some receivers and things. Uh, but just kind of reset us, Josh, about heading towards the final signing day and in uh, where OU sits there and, and what to look out for coming up. Yeah, you know, people keep asking me, like, well, what names are on the horizon? What names are coming along? I don't see a lot of that right now. I don't think there is a lot of movement that you can expect. I don't think this is going to be a signing day where three or four guys sign. I think two is an absolute max, and that's really going to be Oklahoma deciding they like someone at a need position. Josh, is that including Grimes or is that not? Yes, yeah. I I guess I should say two or three. You're right, you're right. Um, with with Grimes waiting to, you know, kind of finalize his situation, and then Alfred Collins, Oklahoma's obviously going to have a scholarship for him as long as he 
wants to wait around. I mean, if he wants to wait until August, oh, you will wait for him. That's a guy they really like. Um, would I rule out at this point like a uh, – let, let's just talk about the guy that a lot of people are asking about, DeAndre Butler, the uh, defensive lineman from uh, Independence Community College. He was a guy that visited Oklahoma back during the season. He was kind of an interesting deal where he hadn't been on campus for even a year yet. Uh, there wasn't, So he wasn't allowed to even take official visits until January. He had to wait until that year had lapsed. Now that's happened. He's talking about – he told our Auburn side he was going to take official visit in a couple of weeks. I have not confirmed that. Like that sounds like something that maybe is set up and – might get moved around a little bit. I, 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 I'm not saying Oklahoma's not involved here. I'm not saying that report's not right, anything like that. There are just some moving parts in it that I'm not sure have been finalized yet, where Oklahoma may I, – I don't, I don't really see a world where they take both DeAndre Butler and Alfred Collins. So it may be a deal where if he comes in, you kind of get a feeling where OU feels like Alfred Collins is going. So – I, I would just kind of keep an eye on that. We'll see. Maybe that changes, and maybe OU says we can't have enough good defensive linemen, which is certainly not a bad take. So we'll we'll see. But like I said, I don't think that is is set in stone at this minute. Be the, I guess, picture perfect ending for Oklahoma this cycle, Bob and Josh. Like if you could say. This is going to be the perfect ending. Would it just be grabbing Collins, obviously locking up Grimes, making it official? What else? That it? Just That's those it. two and they call it a day? It's kind of just weird how... I guess you add Theo Howard in there if you want. Like how technically... early signing day has changed everything. Think about last year, David Guaybu was the only person they added. In February, I mean, that's just that's the nature of the beast now. And I thought maybe Corey Wren could have played into things, but it sounds like they don't need another running back. I think that's because Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon are going to stay, and I thought maybe OU assumed at least one of them might be thinking of leaving, and since that's not the case, you don't need another running back. So I, there's just not a lot to look for. I When the dead period ends the middle of next week, I look – toward the 2021 quarterback and how quickly does Caleb Williams come back into play or does Demetrius Davis start to become the, num- the number one guy? That's actually what I'll be looking forward to the most during the next couple weeks. What am I paying you guys for? Can't you come up with some clickbait <laughs> crap of like <laughs> this is going to happen or uh, if they don't bring in four Oklahoma kids, this class is a failure? Or... Wait one second. How can you watch the OU basketball game? <laughs> Television probably be the best way. All right, back to you guys. Uh, yeah, I, 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 there, I mean, I'm paying for excitement here. I want you to make something up. Send, guys, me, out, send like, me out to the beach. Oh, and let me, send me. May, is an Alabama five-star thinking about taking a surprise visit to Oklahoma? <laughs> no. <laughs> send me out to Damn the Damn you. Send me out you, to the you, you keep failing my clickbait no, plan. That's it. That That is your Twitter tease, but then you click it. No. <laughs> Watch Jason yeah. Hazelwood seven thousand out ads. on a beach. You have to make your way through the seven thousand ads and download download links to you know viruses to get that one word no. It, you know somewhere it's like where's Waldo? I'll go find well, Jason hey. Hazelwood working out on a beach. <laughs> Why you, do you keep saying? I know Jason? exactly where Jason Hazelwood was. He was at Fort Lauderdale. Yes, we know we're saying it wrong. All right, it's, it's an inside joke. Okay, I've missed it. Um, 
Sorry, Josh, I, you weren't there. No, no, you're <laughs> fine. I, I guess one of the hot rumors has been Zach Evans, since I, I don't know how aware you guys are of what's happened. Basically, he sent his letter of intent to Georgia on the early signing period, was supposed to announce that at the Under Armour game, and Georgia pretty much told him, we're not going to take this. Like, they literally, like, stuck his letter of intent in the shredder, and we're just like, we're done here. That kind of... <laughs> and then he was I the guess... MVP of the Under Armour game. I know, that was <laughs> amazing. This is so bizarre. You know, it, it it's funny that a school like Georgia, and I guess this is kind of tells you what I think about how they're operating right now, but when Georgia tells you you can't come, it that almost sends sends off the buzzers for me that, like... If you can't get into an SEC, not get into an SEC school, but if Qualified. if they don't want you, yeah. well, yikes! You, you almost wonder he signed and then he got suspended for the championship game, and then they if called that, his coaches and they got the probably probably not a a happy bunch of coaches. Uh, the fact they had to suspend him for the championship game and probably told him all the other stuff that has gone down since he's been there, and they're probably just like, yeah, we're better off not dealing with this. Is it is it be? I guess we got to be careful about this, but is it Evans or is it the people that are associated with him, or both? I th- I think it's just a mess. The whole thing. The is whole a mess. Thing. He seemed uh, as as a sophomore, he was okay to talk with, and then something changed. I think I I don't think it is core Zach is necessarily a bad kid, but I also don't think he is the guy that can tell all these hangers on to get away. Yeah. Like they they've cl- like People I don't know what these more kids are he needs to see. Years old. Like I felt yeah, really exactly. bad for him when Justin Flo heard him at the five star challenge. Like I was like, what a dick, Justin Flo! Like you tackle the guy, you hurt a guy, like the best one of the best players out here. Like what what kind of a jerk are you? That's just Justin Flo. Yeah, and we <laughs> yeah, learned Flo going Flo. Justin Flo. He was ready. He was just ready to kill somebody. Yeah, he, he it wasn't it wasn't it's like know, ah he has it in his eye again. Yeah. Uh, you know, guys, I brought it up. We were at an Army practice, or an Army, the All-American game. God, I'll never get that right. Right. Um, in San Antonio, and I was talking to some guys. Is that the moment when everything started to go wrong for Zach Evans? Like, like it feels star? like from, yes, it feels like from the moment he hurt himself, or Justin Flo hurt him, it was never the same for him. I, he kind of I mean, had, the, the junior season was good, not great. Then he kind of had the whole fallout at the state championship game, and then from there it just was a just a disaster. Well, weren't there questions about whether he was even going to play his senior year? There was some of that. Yep. Has, um, is this the first of its kind? I, I I would have to think it's not unprecedented, but for somebody just to tear up a letter of intent like that, I can't ever think of that ever happening. For such a high I, profile, sure, yes, yes, yes. You know, man, I, I'm with you. I, I can't, I can't remember anything. Like, I mean, I know all kinds of stories where a kid, you know, like sent two letters of intent in, and they had to go through all of it and figure out which one was received first, and all that. You know, they, they've done things like that, but I've never heard of a school, especially for a guy that has NFL talent, where they're just like, "We're good. We're, we're not. We're not doing this." So, I. I, you know, people keep trying to bring it up like, well, would OU get involved here? I would be shocked if Oklahoma got involved. I mean, this, I'm not saying Oklahoma is lily white, but if Georgia won't touch you, I mean, George Pickens assaulted a guy on the sidelines and played in the next, like, I mean, play the next game. 
I, yeah, that was ugly. Zach and I've heard ugly. he is a a fool. Like, I mean, I, I, I didn't know it about it. Like, I mean, I guess I should have read into it with the interaction at the Georgia Tech game. But I didn't really know that this, this is apparently a longstanding thing with George Pitt. Zach Evans, XFL. That'd wow. awesome if he went straight <laughs> to the Houston XFL. Roughneck. That would be awesome. I'm cheering for somebody to do that. Oh, tragic, come on, Bob, by the way, tra- Bob would make him a renegade. <laughs> tragic news yesterday. No, roughneck. Oh, indeed. He'd have to be a roughneck. Tragic news yesterday. Landry Jones, knee injury. Out four to six weeks. Three words. Power of prayer. He'll be back in four. <laughs> he'll be back and by the Starting opener. the first game? Yeah, he'll be back. Actually, can he? Yeah, one month from today, February 8th, right? Trevor Knight can pray for him. I think we're going down, right? We need. We have to. Okay, I'm down. I've been down the whole time. Got to. Have to. Have to, I would to, have right? to think that... First game, at least. Yeah. yeah. Be awesome. Charlie Brewer just tweeted out a picture of Joey McGuire. <laughs> I mean, they are uh, campaigning. Is this like the is Charlie, Hubbard, is, this, is this part of thing? early onset CTE for Charlie Brewer? Say, is Brewer going to play football <laughs> again? Yeah, Joey's I saw like, somebody. I saw somebody immediate response to something Charlie Brewer tweeted about can't wait for 2020 or something. Somebody was like, just take care of yourself, buddy. Oh, I think you're doing a disservice to the kid if you tell him that he can play football again for your school. Yeah. Seriously. No, you really like, are. The way, after the way that he looked after he got hit uh, there in the fourth quarter of the Sugar Bowl, it's like that's like one of those moments, as much as I love football, it's like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I can tell you this. like His family thought he was going to have to give up football after the Big 12 championship. It's terrible. I just can't see him playing again. And if he does, what kind of doctors are they, you know, putting him in front of? Yeah. What kind of Cuban degree do you have? Hey, Dr. Nick. We're, he, he was We're the, going to Tijuana, Charlie. He was the on-site doctor for uh, Chip and Joanna. He's like, well, they're good enough for Chip and Joanna. Might as well be good enough for the football program. Oh, that beam fell on him, but, you know, there's no culpability there. It is pretty crazy, Josh. I I remember we kind of talked about it after we left. I want to say after we left Cedar Hill the first time, it was like, that guy is awesome. Talking about Joey McGuire. Yep. Uh, I, like I said, he is one of those guys that... It's just universally liked. Even rivals that, you know, normally would try to find some reason. I don't mean rivals the company. I mean, like, teams out there well, if he was that an play Oklahoma against coach, Cedar Hill. He rivals the company. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but as it is, there th- there would be a reason to dislike him, but everybody likes Joey. I, I, I tweeted out, like I said, I tweeted out something yesterday about, you know, everybody being excited for that possibility for him, and I got... I mean, a lot of Texas high school coaches are like, yeah, man, that'd be amazing, blah, blah, blah. You know, th- there was a real camaraderie in that. And the impact it would have in Texas high school recruiting is is interesting. I, I would like to see how that played out because Joey McGuire is not just like a Texas high school coach. He's one of the Texas high school coaches. And there's really not that, you know, like Mac Brown had kind of had the corner market, mar- corner mark. Market, market cornered. cornered. Wow. wow. <laughs> had the market cornered, speaking of olds, me, uh, had the, the market cornered on high school, you know, coaches and bringing them out. Like, I noticed Tim Brewster refused to uh, entertain becoming Texas A&M's tight ends coach to stay at North Carolina with Mac. Because, you know, Joe John Finley took an Ole Miss job. He left Texas A&M to go to Ole Miss. 
Oh, Jimbo tried to get Fisher back to A&M? Jimbo tried to get Tim I mean, Brewster, Fisher, Brewster to A&M, yeah. Well, he was there with him, wasn't he? And then Joe John took took Brewster's spot? Is that how it happened? That's right, yeah. Okay. Brewster, Brewster le- I mean, Brewster has always been Max. Oh, yeah. Right-hand guy. Exactly. So, I mean, that that's part of it. But, I mean, he, you know... A&M, you would think, could pay anything North Carolina could and probably a little bit more. But it just kind of goes to show you, like, that guard is changing. Like, I would say McGuire probably yeah. is highly thought of well, what the, the new uh, era. The, the guy that they just hired at UTSA, he kind of broke the barrier, didn't he? As far as high school coaches legitimately making that jump in Texas. Uh, yeah, God, what's that guy's name, Josh? What, a trailer? Uh, trailer, yeah. Yeah. Jeff Trailer. Yeah, Jeff yep. Trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same era type of guy yep. too. Came what do you up think about Gilmer, Pete Golding. I mean, he was a guy that. See, but he was never like a Texas high school sustained success yeah, I guess type so. guy. Yep. I mean, Joe McGuire. They won. They won state championships, right? Cedar Hill had to have. Oh yeah, yeah. He won um, two, I believe. I know he won one way back with Will. Um, oh, it's a great quarterback kid that, that ended up going to Oklahoma State. Kind of. Got into trouble up there, as I understand it. But, I mean, was a dynamic player. And I, looking at Pete Golding's thing, I don't think Pete Golding ever coached high school football. Okay, he was just small school Texas uh-huh. coach. Okay. Yeah, he's from Southeast guy. Okay. Yeah, and then he went to UTSA for Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back modern day, kind of goes back to Mike Leach hiring Art Bryles on his staff. He yeah. Stephenville. Yep. So. This round of coaching searches, just as, as a whole, is kind of – Kind of sucked in a way. There really hasn't. I mean, there was the Bob Stoop stuff for what seemed like a month and a half <laughs> oh with Florida State, but that was never anything serious that you could take seriously. I just love. I mean, it might have been for like two hours on a Monday night. I but. love the uh, try people trying to do the next level. Like in Carson, I'm not taking a shot at you, uh, but the whole who would owe you get if if Lincoln Riley left? Like it's a, this is before it, there was one legitimate report out there. It's a fun social media game to play because I, I'll be honest, I have no idea who the first call would be. Brent Venables. You think? I think so. Just no question about it. You think he wants that? That Brent would want it? Yeah. If it was Oklahoma, I think it'd be different for him. Yeah. I think that would be uh definitely not a stretch by any means, but I think and it if would it, be if he was if he's dealing with Joe Castiglione, yeah. Would I that think be, he would be interested. Would that be a bigger risk than what they did with Riley? I kind of think it would be in a way. Well, we asked before, when's the last time a great defensive mind yeah. became the sure. guy? It's all offense, guys. Yeah, but, I mean, you're talking post-Bob Stoops. I mean, <clears throat> interesting. You don't think the first call would be Urban Meyer, just to make sure? As much of a scumbag as he is? I, I don't think Joe would ever want to have someone like Urban Meyer yeah, as his, in his program. Think about all and the I think fields like, that we could like bury dead bodies. P.J. Fleck was brought up. I think he might PJ be in Fleck. that Urban Meyer category from uh, from things I've heard, and I think you guys have heard some of the same things. Yeah, I've, I haven't heard the best, uh, I guess, secondary opinions of, of P.J. Fleck. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would be interested to hear how fans and boosters would respond to Urban Meyer being out on the market and Oklahoma not even interviewing him. I mean, that feels like, I mean, people are getting hungry for, I mean, like, Zach Evans is a topic of conversation on our board. Like, mm-hmm. there are people out there that don't really care if a few corners are cut. Oh, and, I, I mean, I'm not saying that Joe would or should hire him, but it 
it seems I feel like there would be some people, there would be some backlash that we didn't even talk to Urban. I'm just going to say this, and this is not changed. I don't think it will ever change. As long as Joe Castiglione is the athletic director at the University of Oklahoma, integrity is going to matter more than winning. I will say Urban repaired his image this year with analyst job. By what? Going on TV? Yeah, because, because he did such a good job. Some people are now forgetting what happened during his tenures and focusing just on what he well, knows. Well, guess what? The Aaron Hernandez documentary is just starting on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> that looks really good. I'll be watching that one. I'll definitely check that out. I, I'll be skipping season two of You and choosing Aaron Hernandez. You like You? I watched season one. It was okay. Half buddies that have been I mean, watching it's it. half. It's halfway through se- season two. It's it's one of those things. Like, can you really cheer for anyone in that show? <laughs> no. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but everyone is a dick in that show. Yeah. I will say, Josh, just to kind of get back to what you said, as far as the fan base wanting to win a national championship, I think the the cries are as loud as they've ever been as far as do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. Like, if you, if you need to drop off a bag over it, we insert five-star player's house, I would say the unofficial 40 is the first outlet that actively joked about bag men on a regular basis. Yes. It is now on the board like make a deal. constantly. Make it, make it happen. Where are our bag men? We need good bag men. I don't care. We need bag men. Like, is it a fair is it a fair thing to say that it happens but probably not as much or is it the other way as it happens and it probably happens more than you think? I think I'd probably go with the first one. I I don't think that it's just as widespread. Now, are there schools that don't have compliance offices like OU's that you throw a kid 200 bucks on a Friday Turn a night? Blind eye. Yeah. yeah, they just kind of go about their day. I, I definitely think that, I that think happens. That, look, I think there are... I, th- I think that happens in o- in Norman, and you just... Nobody says anything about it. I, there are... That's well, that's kind of like... That's college football, though. That's not... like like... Uh, who was it? Wasn't it... Uh, uh, I don't want to say... There was somebody that turned in a booster in basketball on a trip to the Bahamas who was hand, you know doing $500 handshakes like or whatever to people. I, I feel like that happens... If you want to take just like the top 25 program, just the top, the biggest top 25 programs in the country, you can fill out whoever you think. I think that probably happens at 23 to 24 of them. I think Maybe even we 25. all know, Josh, you and I all know, we both know people that can verify stories going way back. Not, not just not at Oklahoma, but Kentucky basketball, uh, anybody that, uh, if I mean, you're not if you're not doing it in basketball, you're not winning. That's just. But I'm just saying it's been going on for a very long time. It's just now I think because of social media and the internet and yeah, people's willingness to be bold, there. people are willing to talk about it openly more now it, that, than ever before. I, I agree. And guys, the the thing about this is we kind of talked earlier about you know with Oklahoma being a man down, they're kind of operating with a hand behind their back. Oklahoma having such an active compliance department and doing all the things they do, it almost, I mean, like, it, it's its crazy to say this because they're they are just following the rules that are there, but it starts to feel more and more like they're the only ones who are. Like, every, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking like you have to go lawless. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not crazy, but, like, 
it just feels like Oklahoma is standing on their their valor when the NCAA has pretty much washed their hands and said we can't, we can't stop this anymore. And, like, and we can't the other do thing anything. is like, why would any compliance department be that stringent with all this FBI stuff going on when you know that like all these programs are cheating? Like it's Adidas is cheating, and now there's stuff out there about Nike that's getting ready to come out. It's like you know this has been happening. You've suspected this has been happening. And, like, why should we bend over backwards to catch ourselves at every turn when all this other stuff is going on? But and that's the thing about OU. Their compliance department has really no interest in wins or losses in the, in the athletic programs. They're separated completely. That's not their job. Wins and losses is not their job. Catching people doing, you know, breaking NCAA rules is their job. That's what they're paid to do. And there's, there's too many compliance departments who are part of the athletic department that they feel like their job is not only to be compliant, but to win games. I would be a terrible compliance officer. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> There's literally Probably. no one that will argue that point with you, Eddie. We oh, all man. agree. I'm just thinking about when it. When they like, know God. to go to Dr. Radosevich's office to get their Adderall before finals. Well, they'd be mandatory. <laughs> Are we what, trying to get what, A's wait, wait, or are we wait. trying to get C's? <laughs> what are you talking about? Dr. Eddie's going to even make them take the final. That's true, too. Mm-hmm. Athletes don't have to take finals. Yeah, the tutors. In fact, <laughs> athletes don't even have to take finals. The tutors would class. be the ones on Adderall. They'd all be hot, though. Suddenly, the starting quarterback's <laughs> five foot five and blonde. Mm, wouldn't be bad. Better what they had last year. By the way, uh, we should... <laughs> oh, jeez. We should... There's your Taylor shot. <laughs> Staple of the pod now. Uh, but by the way, we should say just to, and you mentioned Trey Sermon, kind of the expectation that he will return. I think the longer this goes, what is it? The 17th, 17th, and, and then, then the hard the date 20th. is the 20th. Yeah, yes. you get three days to remove or enter your name. Um, everything that we hear suggests that Creed Humphrey is coming back. I'm still trying to work on that NCAA violation. <laughs> So he'll be forced to go pro, but it's not working out too well. It just feels like Creed would get maybe a first round grade from some people, but then a second or third from others. And it, I don't know what what he's value what his he wants to value at this point. Yeah, and I don't think he's somebody. The fact that he's from here, it's close to home. He can come over for dinner anytime here he wants to. Uh, that's a joke. Compliance or is. <laughs> Compliance, that's a joke. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a, the urgency's not there for him. And and also, maybe I, I would love to talk to him about it once he makes his decision, but maybe he wants to be a part. He feels like his work's not done turning this into the next great offensive line at Oklahoma. Maybe he wants a year to help those guys, you know, become what he was as a freshman. Well, that's always interesting because... Alabama, you almost thought all those guys were coming back. Like when Leatherwood said they were coming back. Yeah. But but now Bama's lost a bunch of people oh, yeah. besides Tua. So you never know how that really factors. I think like Judy and uh Ruggs, like they were gone like within twenty four hours of each other and you're just like, Okay, well, maybe this thing's a it's all the rats sinking off the ship. I like, completely misread the two thing two thing. I did too. I thought he was coming back. Well, why would why would Nick Saban sit there with him while he announced he wasn't unless but after I went, I went as far it? to say that I thought there was like going to be some kind of big announcement that maybe Tua was going to redshirt in 2020 because his hip was... Yeah. like When, when they so announced that up. Saban was coming, too, that I'm with you. I thought 
my God, this kid is really messed up. But now up. it almost seems like it was Saban's way of going there to handle damage control. Like, okay, my quarterback's leaving. I got to make sure that, you know, not the rest of the team doesn't leave that can go. Way to thank them for what Tua did for the program. I wouldn't be surprised if Saban shows up at the, the national championship game and sits next to Joe Burrow to thank him for leaving. That'd be funny if Joe Burrow's like, yeah, I'm coming back. Can't believe there's still... We're still <laughs> like, senior? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm coming back we're for a six year anyway. We're still almost a week away from, from that game. Oh, my it's, God. Don't you, I was thinking about this insane last night. Schedule. Don't you feel like because there's been that such a long layoff, it's kind of taken away. Like I feel like college football's over yeah, in my mind. Yeah. I feel like it's taken away from the game. It doesn't help when they have these shitty bowl games, you know. Yeah. Just strung in there. Well, they don't need, who was Louisiana it? Miami of Ohio and... and uh, I think it was God, Louisiana Lafayette was Louisiana playing on now, January sixth. Yeah, those teams don't need to be playing each other. No, I agree. No, but I, I mean, here's the thing: I will watch the game. I am not interested at all in college football live breaking down this game. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, I have don't a, care. I have a pretty good I've idea. Moved on to the Thunder, <laughs> which is just very a pleasurable thing right now. Yeah, LEB basketball, low expectation basketball. I saw that. That's a good way to put it. I love it. It's a lot we'll of fun. never have low expectation football. <laughs> no. I can tell you that right now. I don't think I would enjoy that, though. It's just so much easier. Well, I mean, this was your year for low expect expectation football. Yeah, LEB football with Jalen Hurts. That was an experience in its own. <laughs> and you hate him now. Not now. Always have. Oh, always. always. <laughs> what, a, what do you... Uh, does Then, now, and forever. <laughs> Clemson have any shot on it? Yeah, if, if, if the do. game was anywhere yeah. but New Orleans, I would say yes. I just think that thing is going to be. It's almost like a. You can't. You can only get so many knuckle draggers in that stadium, though. I don't know, man. That place is going to be. I would like to go though. Spend a week in New Orleans this week. Be get fun. Tiger bait yelled at you. I would just like to oh, go. I'd to be the see... one. I'd be yelling tiger bait in people's faces. <laughs> You'd just be dressed all in orange or uh, gold and purple. Oh, yeah. Purple. No, but I, I think they have a chance. I think we have this inflated, you know, sense of who LSU is because oh you played so shitty. Yeah. No. That's I think OU true. played terribly. LSU played an incredible game. All credit to them in that regard. But I, there is when I was on the flight back Monday, bunch of LSU fans and they're like, Is that the greatest game we've ever played in the history of our program? <laughs> I mean, it might have been. <laughs> yeah. Scored sixty three points. <laughs> And they could have scored 100 easily. Uh, I legitimately thought oh, to yeah. myself, like, halfway through the second quarter, like, oh, my God, they're going to score 80 tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it will be, uh, I don't know, it should and, be a good game. I hope it is a good game. And, guys, we've seen it through the years with Oklahoma's offenses. It's tough to keep that rhythm going when you're not playing. You know, they, they play, they're going to have played twice in, like, a month and a half. That's mm -hmm. That's hard to keep that level of rhythm going, and I think – Clemson's probably a little bit better built to deal with that because a they've done it, and b, I you know I I just think they're a little better defensively so they can cope with some of those things a little bit. I will say this too, Josh. Uh, you can um, smile. I know the smile is going to be very big on your face when I say this, but I think the difference could be Trevor Lawrence in this game with LSU and those. Let's say they're 400-pound defensive linemen that they've got. Those guys got away four bills. Like, 
getting Trevor Lawrence out on the edge, that could be a huge game changer for them. I mean, OU didn't do it with Jalen Hurts enough, but obviously the kid from from Ole Miss and Trevor Lawrence, if you get him out on the edge, he could really do a lot of damage. If I could drop this mic, I would. I know. Beautiful. Don't drop it. It's expensive. I know. I'm not gonna. I I can't afford it. I'm I'm a father <laughs> yeah, of two. I have you. no money. <laughs> exactly. It's it's not intended to be a shot at Jalen Hurts, but there were opportunities sure. early in that game that he just simply passed up. He didn't take it's, them, and I think Trevor Lawrence will make those plays. Well, it was, I don't want to go back to this, but I mean the dropbacks, and I mean it's like Lincoln just is not built to run a zone read, primarily sure. run offense. He just he just can't do it. And I don't blame him. It's just the quarterback he had. Yeah. Well, and and part of it, too, was, I mean, like, the injury to Stevenson was, I thought it was big. It was bigger than I realized it was. Because they knew they couldn't give Kennedy Brooks 30 carries against that defense. It wasn't going to work. No. I mean, and I did think the same thing. Like, his his build, his running style, he Mm might have been able to run through some trash that Kennedy Brooks just can't run through. Yep. Sermon and Stevenson but would have been perfect. Make no mistake. Game. Once once Delarian Turner Yell broke his collarbone, that game was over. Agreed. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Even more so than losing Ronnie Perkins, losing Delarian Turner Yell was the death nail. Well, they just I we've talked about it before, but they knew that they could go at that safety position all oh, night. God. And they did. Guys, and they said it during the broadcast and they were right. That was a very NFL way to look at oh, yeah. it. Like, I yeah, feel like yeah. a lot of times in college, they don't do that. Where they're just like, well, we're going to run what we run and do this. LSU was like, no, nope, we see him. We're going to go right at him. And, I mean, yeah, when you have we, a won't, quarterback we won't bury that, anybody again. When but. you have a quarterback that has so much time, he can just stand back there and play catch with people. I mean... It's just, oh, God, why are we doing this? Stop it. Stop yeah, it. Let's, let's, we, we won't. Anyway, uh, basketball going on. Oklahoma gets a big, nice first win against Kansas State at home. It didn't look like it was going to happen, but no. what was it, 13-0 run to end that game? 12. 12-0 yeah. mm-hmm. run to end that game. You can apologize. Say it to him. Come on. Look, Austin hey. Reeves had a shitty first half. I was justified he shot in ripping. One, he shot the ball one time. He, he was one for he one. Was, he was oh for he was one for three. I think he had a lot oh, of turnovers. And then he made thirty three percent of it. Yeah, he dribbled it off his. He had a lot of turnovers in the first. He first might go. Half. He was bad. All in the I'm first, saying is, just admit he was bad. I will give him all the praise in the world. <laughs> he wasn't bad for the seventeen <laughs> points in the second half, but he was bad in the first half. He was just bad. But he was great in the bad. second half. He was bad. He was bad. Manic and Reeves no showed the first half. Dude, and that's little like, did too. Well, he carried the load. Called the Ropadope boys. He was the Ropadope, but he's just waiting for his. Jamal Bienemy had as many threes as Austin Reeves did in the first half. How about that stat? Huh? Just got to let the game come to him. Here, the next time we pod, OU will play three games: Texas they, and Kansas, Iowa State or on Iowa Saturday, State, Texas. Texas, Kansas on on Tuesday. I I don't I have no clue what their conference record will will be when we talk next Wednesday. Well, I know OSU sucks, but man, do they suck! Of course, West Virginia is probably the fourth best team in the conference. I would, if, the, if yeah. not the third, well, I think it's like Kansas, Tech? it's like Kansas, yeah. Baylor, West Virginia, those three, yeah, and then Texas and then Tech. Texas Tech is. I don't know. They've been. I watched that game last night, and Baylor just kind of kind of kicked their ass for yeah. a little bit. I was. I don't know if they've they've lost some guys, and I think that they're trying to 
get some new guys in rotation. They're a little bit like OU, and they have a bunch of new faces down there, but they have some returning like the uh did you see that screenshot from toby rolling last yes. night why do they have so many at support staff they have 16 people in suits like surrounding the team as they go to the huddle at timeout like good god texas tech it's weird but yeah the sooner start a two-game road stand this this week with texas tonight hey by the time you listen to this, that game might even be over but uh you know, they got to get something out of Biennemi and Harmon. We talked about it last week. The same is true. You can get two out of three among Manic. Do, do but they also need Reeves. Reeves and Manic to be great at times. I mean, well, they, they need two out of the yeah. three. Like, if what, like, Manic didn't show up Saturday. Yeah. So maybe he shows up tonight. He and, plays pretty well against Texas, it seems. And, and Reeves isn't as dynamic. Like, they don't need all, they don't need all three of them to go for 20, but they need at least two of them to make imprint and then they got to get backcourt help they just don't have any of it so in the last you know month basically i like i like some of the stuff we've seen from uh quaff core core quaff kirkweth quaff he couldn't catch on saturday yeah it was weird that's bad it's problematic if you're gonna play down low (laughs) you can't catch the ball and you can see you can see Harmon just getting frustrated and then that led to him taking some Shots when he should have passed, passed when he should have shot. It was a real mess until Reeves caught caught fire during the last 10 minutes. Yeah, you can tell Lon is kind of having to do some sports psychology kind of with him right now because he is. I think he's one of those. He's a perfect example of everything had come so easy to him throughout his high school career. Not easy, but uh, on the court easy. Yeah. That he's a little frustrated and right he's now. used to just being the center of attention on a court sure. and the, and basically controlling an entire team because he's not even playing point yeah now he's not he's, starting at times i like, mean reeves is handling the ball a lot when it's those five that are on the floor yeah so, it's an adjustment yep. i mean it's he's going through it for sure so i mean hey top dog's coming back that's gonna be what i know eddie's really fired up what a big win that'll start Tuesday's tuesday awesome. tuesday figured, against kansas you figured that out pretty early you were on top Did you of know it, or were you... Oh, no, I had no idea. Yeah, right. I was just throwing it out there, and then I was like, oh, yeah, this could be it. So that it's it's really smart by by Joe Castiglione and Kenny Mossman and everybody. It's about damn time. I sent Ben a text. I go, Ben, I think OU basketball, I think your Twitter's got some issues. And then when Ben didn't delete it, I was like, oh, wait, they got, they got something planned, because they don't care that these tweets make no sense. No, I, I think it's going to be good. I, I it's going to send be him really one of those. Uh, not that it matters, but you've misspelled something. Text. <laughs> Hopefully, it re- well, I, I what I said. In ca- I in think. Case you care. Oh, in, in case, case you care. care. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I go, Ben. I think your son is running the <laughs> John's John, John hacked John, into your phone. Just taking your Twitter account over. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be cool. I, I'm really interested to see if it that fills up the stands. Um, Really, more than anything, kind of just how much excitement this ends up generating. So, wow, that is really bizarre. I just saw you guys what you're tweeting about. Oh, Donovan Deverde. Yes. Same thing. Devin. We all Donovan. we all did this the exact same thing. Okay. Like, why would Devin Duvernay? How could he? Yeah, like he would. I, <laughs> why not just declare for the NFL if that's what you're gonna do? It's so funny. All right, guys. Uh, I think we started this podcast saying, what the hell are we going to talk about today? We found plenty, I guess. Any uh, any pressing issues you guys want to throw out there before we get out of here? Uh, no, I'll save it for my other podcast. 
We'll get into uh, <laughs> yeah, building another podcast. We'll get into building the wall in the south and uh, <laughs> Iran contraband conflict. All right, I can't wait for that one to come out. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, all right. Well, thanks to uh, Josh McQuistian. Thanks to Eddie Radosovich. Thanks to uh, Bob Prisbillo, uh Pearl. Any Pearl update you want to give out there? She rolled over first time Here last last night. Now See, now it begins. Now we can't leave her alone because if she rolls over, she could roll off the bed. You go crawling for is crawling first. It would be crawling is next. Yes. Bob, uh, Layla rolled off the bed once upon a time. We all survived. It <laughs> doesn't matter. But yeah. now it's like if I, I the last get one of those, uh, month or so, I put her in the middle of the bed whenever I want to get something done. I was like, she can't go anywhere. She's not going to fall. And you'd come back and she was rolled over? No, she she was there. But now she can roll over. I'm going to have to pretty much know where she is at all times. I think you'd cage them at this age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you one of those... Uh, Collars, collars that you can just have them on a <laughs> electric like a dog leash yeah <laughs> those things make me uncomfortable when i see them in public she doesn't need a bed just throw her on the floor she can't roll off the floor it was good for everybody that was good for the settlers can't it be good for kids exactly. in 2020 all right well thanks to bob uh, also thanks to roomba for being a special guest on the show today uh along with trace linda's uh so thank you for listening Remember, uh, midfirst.com slash U40. Go check it out. Go sign up for the uh, OU Rewards credit card. Uh, A lot of great stuff, but go check them out on that website, midfirst.com slash U40. Thank you to them, Midfirst uh, Bank, for being a huge sponsor, our title sponsor of the Unofficial 40 Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys right back here on the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.